0: 18+, plus. drink responsibly.
1: Hello and welcome back to Tradies, Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we chat the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. Hello, Mitchell. Hello, Samuel. How are you? could be
2: better, as always. How's your week been? Not bad until today. There's always one day in the lead up to finals. There's the email tell Kate to stop messaging you And trade is
1: being recorded.
2: <laughs> that you get burnt and that was today for me. I was out in the Melbourne sun, it was about 16, 17 degrees, didn't prepare, didn't pack a hat, didn't pack sunscreen, watching Melbourne training and hanging around Junction Oval for a lot of the day to see what was happening at the Demons and I'm burnt. You got burnt yeah. on a Melbourne was a day of 15 degrees in, in August, August. Yeah.
1: welcome to my life. <laughs> That's why you're wearing
2: hats all the time.
1: You got to get daily. You got to get the tinted moisturiser. Is that with what you're... the SPF fifty in it? Okay. Yep. Mecca do a really good one.
2: Maybe you and I can K- do a sunscreen deal.
1: To... Yep. I, I, I'm I'm right here for an SPF seventy five deal. <laughs> I'm right
2: here for it. What's using your world? You seem a bit flat. Have you uh... do I? Yeah. What's going on? Um. Sort of didn't give me much pre show. I was out there working on nuts and bolts. <laughs> no, nah, I've had it. I'm just a bit shitty today. I've, just, I've had I've just had one of those starts to a week. Okay.
1: So. I had a, I'm not going to call it a good story because that's unfair. I had a really solid story on
2: Monday. So I, for your column for the NBA? No,
1: no, no. Just like to report on radio. Right. And then talk about it on this on this pod and then. Trade related? Yeah. It had trade implications mm-hmm. and I got talked out of it and I'm just so shitty at myself because I let it go and I just, I was on the train on the way home and I just went, mate, if you're going to give up on those stories, you might as well just retire. Yeah. You can't be doing that. And I'm a real one for, I'm an overthinker. And I, I'm a huge self-reflector. Oh, put me in that category too. So it's
2: it's been eating away at me. So has it been reported since? No, no, and it won't get reported. So um, you've already passed it and it, there's no coming back?
1: Well, there could be, but I've just, I've mentally given up on it. And then today, sort of as I was going into radio. Being Tuesday? Yes, yeah, sorry, Tuesday. Uh, I've just come off radio, so I keep thinking it's life when it's not. Um, there's a club that refuses to come on. The show that I do on 3W, Wide World of Sports. And, you know, it's basically been communicated back through certain channels that, you know, because of the way that I have reported about them, that, you know, there will be no guests forthcoming. And so I was on the train on the way here. By the way, and tra- public transport system is just completely fucked. One person goes on a train on a train track and the whole, the yeah. whole system gets shut down.
2: Can we use our phones for Mikey's yet or are we still using the physical oh my cards? God. Honestly, like the state of Victoria, please. I went to London seven years ago and I was using the phone.
1: Yeah. I was in Paris, I reckon, 15 years ago and the most you have to wait anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> so I was on my very much delayed train mm-hmm. and then tra- I had to get the tram from Richmond down to Burnley tonight after radio, which is just a huge inconvenience. But I'm talking sarcastically, but yeah. well, I understand it's not far to go. <laughs> Um, so we're here to pep you up. We're here to just bring you in. <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm, um, this week has been like, well, you, you either go too soft on a story, you let one go, and then you piss off your employers and you piss off yourself and your own sense of worth. And then 24 hours later, it's like, no, we're not giving anyone to because we thought what you said about us was very mean. It's like, fuck's sake, I cannot win.
2: Sorry, I'll let that one slip there. I should have been doing some digging as a journo mm. on that club. Do you're you get, support? You're not getting. It do out you me. support the club? You're not getting it out of me who it is. Um, before you, I'll, I'll just go back and do my own nuts and bolts on your show this year, and I'll spend a few days going through podcasts and working out who.
1: Well, Mitch, you nearly got introduced as the chief football reporter in the last seven days, <laughs> so I don't think you're going to have that much time on your hands to go back through my show. I think your little minions will be doing that sort of work for you. No, there's no minions. I love how rattled you get. When I start talking about that, because you we're go, here to you, talk, you go to,
2: red in the cheeks. No, that's just my sunburn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, very good. Hey, uh, we're just about to get into white, Paul. Before you do, please make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button, and make sure you don't miss a beat. You can rate and review the podcast as you go as well. We love our loyal
2: tradies listeners. We also love our new tradies listeners. And there's been some more jumping on. My nanny, uh, who's 90th that was on the weekend, nanny, tuned in yes. for her first episode last week because she got a shout out. That is so good. How was the ninetieth, by the way? Fantastic. Yeah, got the Cleary crew together. Yeah, and uh, did Nanny have have a champagne or a glass of red? Or she, uh, among the presents that went her way, there were a couple of bottles of Bailey's. How she's She's prone to a Bailey's. I like that. Um, so love that. Just want to see the cats just pick up a bit more form for heading into finals. Very much could do. So just before we get into the whiteboard, we, you and I, both had some individual
1: feedback. We thought we'd discuss it here yep. about the fact that we both went with a very similar story <laughs> about 15 minutes apart yep. last Wednesday, which, so I assume that you heard me report something and then you were like, shit. Yeah. And then I heard, after I got off radio, I saw you did something at like 6.10 and I was like, oh.
2: So we were both basically working on the same story the same day. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Terrific. I went sick in my guts on that day when I put a few calls in late in the afternoon and I called someone very close to this situation. We're talking about Mark Evans flying overseas to meet yes. Damien Hardwick and yes. as well as the uh, Gold Coast chair when I called someone and said, oh, you're not the first person to have called me about this today. Oh, no. That's a, that's a yuck feeling as a journo. Mm. That's yuck. You're just like, I've got nowhere to go here. And because I
1: probably go on air earlier than you, unless yeah. you had something so major that it would lead the actual 6 o'clock news. Yeah. I go on at 6.07 and the earliest you'd ever go on for a sports cross would be... 6.15. Well, yeah,
2: 6.15, usually the bottom of the first break. If it was – It was massive. Your article, I think, went online about 5.50 or 5.00. Right. Um, but see, so you had the you had the Cinque
1: Terre de- details. By yeah. the way, do you realize that on this pod two weeks ago or three weeks ago – Someone mentioned this to me. I said Dima would be sitting there yep. in Cinque Terre drinking a bottle of Tempraneo, to which one of my close friends who thinks that she is a wine connoisseur <laughs> – Commented, why would he be drinking Spanish wine in the Italian Riviera? Thank you so much. Uh, and then it came true. Yeah. So did you have a little spy on the plane or in Milan or because you seem to have very intimate details of Mark's travel plans?
2: <laughs> Whereas I was so just I, like, I think they're going to Europe. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go into this. So I'll give a little bit of information. I'm not going to give it just a bit, just just a little bit before the wipe. So I tried Mark that day. So last Tuesday mm. uh, before tradies, I'd called him about something completely separate, Right. straight to voicemail and the text didn't go through. So it was, you know, when you send an I, I message and it comes up as delivered, delivered. down the bottom, it no, didn't go through. There was no delivery. And that was probably like late afternoon. I checked again before the six o'clock news, hoping that, you know, you put a few, you check out a few things, quite a few things during the day and you're waiting on responses and this text still hadn't gone through by the time news had rolled around. So that's interesting. And that sort of got me, got me thinking about could he be away? away? I'm doing the calculations in my head. Now the text hasn't been delivered beyond five hours, and it's has he gone somewhere beyond Western Australia? Western Australia from Gold Coast. Anyway, so these are all the things going through my head. Anyway, but uh, so you somehow managed to turn that into
1: he may be (laughs) going to Europe.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, But no, the story. uh, I think
1: you've had a bit of help from someone on a plane. That's what I think. Okay. Well, I'm just guessing here. I just think that...
2: Could, you don't reveal your sources. Well, you could,
1: but you probably shouldn't. <laughs> uh,
2: where are we at with it, though? Are you thinking Dimmer's about all to done. sign? All done. All
1: yeah. done? No, I wouldn't be. I, in fact, I'd be surprised if he hasn't committed. Yeah. Yeah. This is how these things work. The papers go to the manager and it's all yeah. they're committed in theory, but let's work out some things. Let's work out how much annual leave you're getting. And Jeez, He's got some leverage. He's got some great leverage. How much are the AFL tipping in for the ambassadorial money? Yeah, all those little things that will be... Yeah. Nut nice it out. And then, then yeah, I've signed. We don't have to tell anyone for a couple
2: of weeks. And it's like, I just it's all yeah. done. You're not getting on that plane to have multiple meetings with your chair and your CEO if there's not some sort of inkling already. Yeah. I think I wrote in my
1: column that like he's going there. Well, I said on am classified later that night. He's going there trying to get a, a signature. I was like, he's not going there for that. <laughs> <laughs> like in my head, I was like, he's just going there to talk about yeah. what their best 22 is going to look like next year. I would think. So on and this who, and show, who's going to be on the
2: on their whiteboard? Well, that's a beautiful segue that you just set there. It's like I do it for a living. <laughs> we like to talk about the spinoff in terms of the trade implications now. What do you see Damien Hardwick's impending formal signature doing mm. for the Gold Coast Suns list and his bevy of stars at Richmond? Will anyone follow him up to Gold Coast? I don't know. You're saying that with a big smirk on your face.
1: No, well, because I for you get to ask me a question, ask me a question. Will Dusty sign with Dimmer at Gold Coast? I'm not I'm not going there. I've been I, I I've been
2: I've upset too many people talking about this. Mm. So I'm not going there. Well, I'm happily talking about it. The Gold Coast pick that they've got inside the top ten now, they need to move it. Whether that be to the Western Bulldogs, who need to get in a pick early before a bid comes for their own father's son. So that's an option, I think, with the Bulldogs having multiple early picks after the Josh Dunkley trade last year. So Jordan Croft, the son of Matthew Croft, um, is seen as a top 10, 15 player. Can the Bulldogs get that Gold Coast pick, which is probably going to be pick six, seven, or eight, and get in before a bid comes on their own father's son? Then there's the Richmond scenario, which we spoke about a few weeks ago on this show. Can the Tigers. Did you have good
1: feedback about that?
2: Uh, wasn't bad feedback. Okay, good. Which is usually good. Yep. Um, no news is good news. <laughs> Very true. Um, could the Tigers get inside the first round? Given they don't have a first round pick at the moment, given they gave it up for Jacob Hopper, and we mm. spoke about on this show, can Dusty be involved in this? Oh, I still Gold think they're not
1: giving up pick six for that, are they?
2: But as as we spoke about, can they give up?
1: They're going to have to get have pick to get six back, and right? get
2: a picks in the twenties and thirties for points. I see for their three academy there kids: you go. Right. Jake Rogers, Ethan Reed, and Jed Walter. Mm. I still think the Dusty thing is far from falling over, I think they're still... Didn't play on the weekend. Why not? They say soreness off the five-day break. Right. What say you? Don't know.
1: I'd be surprised if it was soreness. Was he in Melbourne? I'm not going to get into it. I just... I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> hang on. I don't, I, I, hang on. I'd, I'd be surprised if it was soreness. That would be So there's answer. more to see on that? That would be my
2: answer. Can we talk about someone else? We can't let you off the hook like that. Oh, we can though. So you think the dimmer news... I just news... start talking about something else. <laughs> the dimmer news of last week. No,
1: weekend. I'm not saying they're all rela- related. No, okay. I'm not I'm genuinely I'm not saying they're at all related. I was the most surprised person in Australia when I read out the teams on Thursday and Dustin Martin, who is their best player and still potentially the best player in the competition mm. for a game that Richmond had to win to stay alive for finals was managed. And played quite well the week before and that lost well, to Melbourne. He was basically best on ground. Yeah. So yeah. I just often when clubs try to say one thing, they're often saying another thing. That's what I've Learned in the last few years and, yeah, management, soreness, uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Anywho, uh, let's move on. You want to talk about Brody Grundy. Yes. Now, I asked you this pre-pod. Yep. Which is fancy talk for before the pod. It's like your version of a pre-agent. Yes. By the way, I talked about pre-agency at the pub on Saturday and then someone
2: um, someone actually said, isn't that Mitch's thing? And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so our- Trade chat from this show and the terms we've been speaking about is infiltrating the pub. That's a good sign. No doubt. Although pre-agency has been around for a while, hasn't it? As as you've (laughs) said.
1: (laughs) Anyway, pre-pod chat, I said, look, if you want to talk about Brodie Grundy in Mm. the whiteboard section of the pod, that's fine, but he means he goes on the whiteboard, Mm. which means you think he's a genuine chance of
2: leaving. I think
1: there's a genuine chance. I'm not saying
2: Melbourne will do it. He's contracted with Melbourne for four more years beyond this. Let's write out the name. I want to see it on the whiteboard. It is going up. Brody Grundy on Mitch's whiteboard. Third person? <laughs> well, that's wow, that's how it's titled. Now, I'm not saying Melbourne will do it because they brought him in for a specific reason. Gorn was sore at the end of last year. They wanted to partner up Gorn and Grundy. Four years left beyond this season. Gorn is 32. So there's still a lot of balls in the air. But that doesn't stop, and it may not stop, Brody Grundy requesting a trade if he sees that it hasn't worked and he's got four years left on his deal to sit behind Max Gorn, who... What do you reckon? Probably got two or three years left in him Yeah, with how well he's performing? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, Yeah, it's fair. I've heard an array of ex-players in the last few months talk talk about everyone has an ego when you're playing at the highest level and no one, no matter how good you are or how secure your contract is, goes to play at another club and play VFL. No, absolutely not. Now, we're talking Tuesday night. Ben Brown's out for another week. Harrison Petty's ruled out for the rest of the season. There's every chance we see Brodie Grundy's name back on the team sheet. Yep. But it feels like the initial moment when they dropped him, what's been four or five weeks ago now, the talk about him reinventing himself as a forward, he's played just as much ruck in the VFL since that time. So it feels like the whole mechanics of the Brodie Grundy dropping have changed a little bit. Now, what I have learnt during the week is that, and we had a question last week on the show, what happens with Brodie Grundy's contract if he was to move to a third club. He's actually got two separate contracts right now. So essentially he's getting, you know, when you see your nice uh, wage pop into your, uh, your uh, banking account. account. Yep. That's what they're usually called. Yep. He's getting money from Collingwood and he's getting money from Melbourne. So it's not as if, geez, I, I hope the tax man isn't, <laughs> isn't treating them as separate income. Um, It's not as if Collingwood's paying Melbourne, who's then paying Brody. He's got a separate arrangement with Collingwood and a separate arrangement with Melbourne. If he was to move, to a third club, that arrangement with Collingwood and Brody would continue. And Mm -hmm. then Melbourne would then have to facilitate any trade between them and another club. Okay.
1: And so if he was to move to a third club, his Melbourne contract would become the new club's contract, but the Collingwood contract would still exist? The Collingwood contract
2: will still exist regardless. Right. But then it will be up to – But what I'm saying is if he goes to a third club, he's going to have three separate contracts? He could do. Because if Melbourne – that's if – Let's say Port Adelaide as an example. Ultimately, doesn't
1: matter as long as the money stays in the club's TPPs, right? Like, it yeah. doesn't. You're you're talking about three different payments to, to yeah. it, But it, ultimately, it doesn't matter. in not Football sense, no. As long as the amounts stay in the respective clubs' total yeah. player payments.
2: If Brodie Grundy signs for Port Adelaide at the end of this season, Melbourne might say we don't owe Brodie Grundy a cent because it's purely between Port Adelaide and Grundy. Yep. But what happened in the end of last year was Collingwood felt the need as part of that transaction to chip in money. Now, Melbourne might not find that. There's every chance he's playing for Melbourne in 2024. Hmm. But Brody, with how this year has panned out, has every right to ask for a trade. It's now in Melbourne's court as to whether, if it ha- if that comes, whether they trade him.
1: Yeah. And the thing I also want to remind our listeners is that uh, this thing gets, gets lost in translation a fair bit, is that contracts can be torn up. They can. So, like, obviously it's in the player's interest at all times. To be like, no, that's money that I am owed. But if it if it if it meant that tearing up a contract at one club was going to make it easier to facilitate a move to the next club, then you're allowed to be like, well, that six year deal at Melbourne, I'm just like, it's it's mm. done. Yep. I'm just going to sign a new one at Port Adelaide and forget about this one. Yeah, and it could also work for clubs when say and we might even do this in nuts and bolts at a later time, maybe in the off season. But like when Kurt Tippett injured his ankle for the last time at Sydney, I think he still had like two years left. They just paid him out. Now, they didn't pay him out in full, but in order to help with their TPP for future seasons, it's like, well, let's say just like they owed him a million dollars. I'm just plucking a figure, right? Yeah. Well, instead of paying you a million dollars for the next two years, yeah. we'll pay you 650 now, now yeah. to not play, and then that 500 that we were going to spend next year is free. Yep. So it can work in both yep. favours
2: depending on the circumstances. There's also the scenario where Adelaide a few years ago, they actually had Bryce Gibbs staying on their rookie contract. He'd been retired. Yep. And they were still paying him to to reach the remainder of that contract. Yeah,
1: well, Phil Davis is doing the same thing at GWS, right? Next year? Uh, no, I think it's – is it this year or next year? He's played a few games in the VFL, but he's – yeah. But he's on the – is he on the rookie list this yes. year? Yes, he is. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it it happens from time to time. But if you if you see a player, uh, by the way, that you want to check out a contract status or something's mm. a bit fishy or doesn't make sense to you, please hit us up at Tradies Podcast. Um, can I talk about Harry Himmelberg who was on yes. uh, Sam's whiteboard? To use your third personing, <laughs> um, Sam's whiteboard's starting to get a bit thin now. Um, a lot of Sam's players have. <laughs>
2: Please keep going with
1: this. Have stayed. <laughs> De Koning, Fife, Brody Kemp, Himmelberg. Anyway, that's fine. I never said they were leaving, I just said there was a chance. Um, no, on a serious note, so Harry Himmelberg, uh, since we last started recording, re signing at the Giants on a six year deal worth yeah. a little bit over $5 million. Six years at $5 million, which is a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. I think it's a lot to pay Harry Himmelberg. I'm not saying that he's not potentially worth it, but I think that there's a question mark over it. Um,
2: 830 grand a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably about right. I would have thought that that was money that he would get at another club. Yeah. But, but- to get that money to stays a good bit of business from Harry yeah. and his management, Um, it, it then- there's always a domino effect, and we've talked on the talked about the flow-on effect of like, okay, well, who does that? Who does it shift the focus to for mm. clubs? And I know that you know, like Sydney would definitely one of those clubs into Himmelberg. You've talked a lot about Barass and the Swans, yeah, and then you know, people have talked about Ben Mackay, and it sounds like he's going to believe uh, going to leave North Melbourne. What's going to happen to Asava? The thing I would just say about Himmelberg that separated him is that he. Is so much more than – not to say that those players aren't, aren't very good players, but so much more than a, a lockdown defender and yeah. also a slingshot defender. Yeah. He could actually genuinely play half forward or at a stretch, at a pinch key forward. Yeah. So that's probably what's got him the extra bit of money at the Giants is that I genuinely think he will be used at either end depending on what they're able to draft and what they're able to do in free agency and at the trade table. Okay, You know, like what happens to Hogan's form mm. long-term? How long is it going to take for Cadman – to come on, um, you know that Haines coming towards the end of his career as well. I mean, he's he just provides such a a large bit of flexibility for them that. Yeah, I saw that figure and I was like, gee, it's a lot for Himmelberg. But then I, I I sat back and looked at their list
2: and thought, no, if you had to, you, you're paying that to stay. It is good money for Harry, especially given he's been given the sixth of the year. I'd cop that almost a bit better if it was a four or five year deal and you got that money. 800 plus a season. yeah. But I'm a little bit surprised at that given, like you said, I reckon he would have got that at another club. But usually players take a little bit less to stay. And I'll look at their back line right now. I think it's one of the more underrated back lines in the comp with totally. Sam Taylor, Jack Buckley, Connor Iden rolling through there. In those three, he probably, if I'm looking at how well those three have gone this year, he probably fits more as that forward. fourth defender or even as a forward. A forward yeah. And you look at what Cadman's got coming through, Riccardi showing glimpses this year. Um, as you said, Hogan, he's feel like he's been around forever but he's still young in terms of um you know his body sense in an afl level so yeah it's a good it's a good wicket for uh, harry jack buckley in my overs unders by the way was, later on
1: was just no well in future weeks okay yep he's, he's been a star yep coming back from that knee injury everyone forgot about him mm. he's been such an important player for them yeah uh
2: you've got another interstate player you want to throw on the whiteboard. Yeah, when I talk about the 2019 draft. We've spoken about it a few times. Lockie Ash was part of that. He re-signed at the Giants. Miles Bergman at the Power had plenty of offers to go back to Victoria, also re-signed. So these are stars taken early in the 2019 draft. Um, another player in that conversation was Cozzy Pickett at the start of the year, also signed at Melbourne. There's four players still out of contract. Dill Stevens at the Swans, top five pick. Now, I think there is genuine interest from him, in Victorian clubs. Essendon and Collingwood showed interest a few times a few seasons ago. Highly rated by the Swans yeah. when he was drafted, given Jared Healy's number. Yes, but can't get a regular spot in no. that Swans midfield. They just haven't found, a, forward.
1: Yeah, haven't found a spot for him, have
2: they? Liam Henry out of contract with the Dockers. There's some Victorian clubs looking at him. Mitch Georgiardi still weighing up what happens next with him. And then Sam Flanders, who prior to Stuart Jew's sacking, in his career had gone only four times over 20 disposals. In the four games since, he's averaging 31 disposals. How does that happen? Uh, Hang on, I know we're heading towards air Raid Siren territory, but that's. We talk about value a lot. Mm.
1: It is remarkable. It is. Like, it's not as though Stephen King hasn't been there. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just. Is it any more centre bounces since Stewie Juice? Stewie has been very fixed on, or had been very fixed on, the same. Raoul Anderson Miller. Yeah, yeah, same faces rolling through there, but. Which you can't blame him for. When he's yeah, you know they're up against it to play finals.
1: He mm. wants to put the best team out there every yeah. time. But Flanders whereas now they can experiment a
2: little bit more. Yeah, Flanders has gone bang in the last four weeks. One club to keep an eye on in this spot, who are keeping tabs on him, is St Kilda, Ooh. who need a burst midfielder. I think he would complement their midfield beautifully with totally Steel, Ross Crouch. crouch yep. sort of more in and under um, ball winners. But Flanders is a bit more of that burst. Can go half forward. Um, but after saying all that, he still have a chance to take the Suns, given what's happened, how he's found his form, and with Dimmer on the way, mm. um, I think he's still a chance. So he's one to just keep an, a bit of a, a close eye on in the next month to see if he remains unsigned at the end of the season. Uh, could clubs in Victoria come calling, and the Saints are one of those. So he's going on your whiteboard? Yeah.
1: Okay, so Grundy and Flanders on your whiteboard? Yeah. Good, because you might have a couple more that stay as well, because mine's starting to thin out a little bit. Don't look at me like that. We can't we're not not gonna have similar whiteboards. That
2: would make for a bad podcast. No, I like Sam's whiteboard. (laughs) What? What are you looking at? No, I'm just Go on. Say what you're thinking. No, I just look at I'm looking at the name Sean Darcy up there and Mm. thinking, is there something to play out with him? Well, funny you mention Sean Darcy. I want to talk about Jackson, but but not
1: on he's not going on the whiteboard. Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. So um (laughs) I was in an interview with Lee Matthews and Justin Longmuir during the week. It's funny how Lee can ask stuff that others can't. Just because of the mm. the standing which he's held in the game and the prestige. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I had yeah. asked the following question, I, I would have, like, I can imagine what Justin would have said. But <laughs> Lee just went, Justin, I can't help but notice that when Luke Jackson is your main ruckman, you're just a better team. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sitting there, and I was like, <clears throat> and <laughs> Justin laughed because he didn't know sort of how to handle it. And he was, you know, he was very diplomatic, and everyone's always so respectful to Lee. But so, 10, 10 coaches' votes on the weekend. To Jackson is that right yeah and it, it just got me thinking about that whole trade because mm. the difference between his best and his worst has been significant granted it is a hard position that he's playing we, we've said that I And just he's want, young yeah but I just before we we get out of so in between the whiteboard and I don't know we're going to talk about something else before nuts and bolts but before that I just wanted to ask you a question when they were sitting around discussing the Luke Jackson trade and they knew that they were going to have to cough up two first round picks so it ends up being pick 13 last year and then end up throwing in the future pick, which is this year. Yeah. What do you think the worst result would have been that that pick was going to be?
2: Mm. I reckon the worst result Freya could have forecast is just missing out on the eight. Yeah. So I had the I had as eighth. So pick ten. Yeah. I, I reckon somewhere between pick eight to twelve they could have maybe forecast. And hopefully pick fourteen. Yeah. It's pick
1: four mm. right now. Like that's. That's a shit ton to give up. It is. But then I watched him on the weekend and I was like, it's not going to matter. Like, he's that good. But then I think about Sean Darcy and I'm like, but I don't know. Like, I I am the biggest seesaw on this trade yeah, you'll okay. ever find. And I just want to be open and upfront about it. But I I guarantee you one thing. They would have reconsidered this trade if they knew it was going to end up being a top five oh. pick to go with 13. No doubt. And because it was a future second as well. There was a swap of future picks. But but yeah. in, the, in the end, it ended up being – the purest way to look at it was a current first rounder and a future first rounder. Yeah. And Mel would sitting back going, well, we're second on the ladder and yeah, Grundy's in the twos, but it doesn't really bother us because yeah. we're not paying all this deal and yeah, we got a first pick last year for him and a top five pick this year. How well are we going? It's
2: not a bad way to look at it. Anyway, I just wanted to pose that question. I think it works if Jackson can play 20 or 30% as a pure forward and I'm still getting to see- He did get 10 coaches votes, by the way. You question me. No, I- no, you question me. It's okay. It's a pretty good effort in a loss. Hey, it's not your fault. Uh, you obviously didn't watch Goodwill Hunting, did you? No. i have got a two-week period to do it. We've got.
1: Do you like apples? And it's not your fault. And he didn't react it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um,
2: Perfect. Yeah, you just want to see how the mix works. I want between... to see him as a. I want to see him more as a forward. It's like the Grundy gorn stuff. It, it, this would be working right now if one of them could be playing thirty percent forward, but they can't. It's so true. So true. Hey, we usually do nuts and bolts here, mm-hmm. but. You thought it was worthwhile
1: talking about the current draft system quickly. Yeah. Because it is something that gets brought up from time to time. Nathan Buckley made more comments after the West Coast game on the weekend, talking about, you know, were West Coast doing absolutely everything they could mm. to win that game late? They didn't put someone behind the ball. And rightly or wrongly, those sort of conversations always lead to that T word, tanking, which I don't think. Really happens anymore, but the point is, Mitch, is that you know there's the carrot or the stick, and at the moment there's not enough carrot for people to win
2: games late in the year. Absolutely, and you look at the West Coast on the weekends. Did their fans in the last ninety seconds want them to win that game or genuinely lose that game? Because there was the difference between pick one and two with thirty seconds on the clock when West Coast were in the lead of that game? North Melbourne had pick a pick one. <laughs> See. So I've never thought about it like that, but
1: the last couple of years I'm really coming around to your way of thinking. I'm really coming around to we just can't be having a game in the last month of the year where the result changes,
2: like a win ends up hurting. Yeah, hurting you. It sh- there is no. You shouldn't disincentivize winning. Fans should not go to the footy hoping their team loses. No, it's as simple and, and that, as that. And that basically never happens. But basically never is not enough. No. You can't have a scenario. Daniel Garb's tweet on the weekend hit the nail on the head for me. Eagles fans had mixed feelings there on whether a win was worth it. Not ideal for anyone. Winning culture trumps draft order more often than not. But when there's three first-rounders potentially on offer, it's a dilemma.
1: Yeah. And, of course, what he's talking about is pick one turning into three first-round picks if they split it. Okay, so fix it for us. Like, do we just have to go to the
2: NBA lottery model? Bottom four teams go into a lottery, there's 100 balls. Yep. The team that finishes last has 60 balls. So you're a 60% chance of getting the first pick if you finish last. Yep. Then you just work back from there. It goes like 25, 10, and 5 or something like that. So So the team that finishes fourth last has a 5% chance of getting- Can I ask
1: a dumb question though? Yeah. So in that scenario, if that scenario existed prior to
2: the weekend, are there West Coast fans sitting there being like, I want the 60 balls? Potentially, but it, it, it lessens. Yeah. And again, you could get the mix right and the- the percentages and all sorts of things. You could make it just between the bottom two teams. It could be 70-30 or whatever. I just think there shouldn't be a scenario where we saw on the weekend where Eagles fans – now, I'm not saying all of them. Even if it's 5% of Eagles fans are watching that game thinking, I hope we don't win this. Mm. I think I think what you're saying is right. And as our producer, Scotty, pointed out, the AFL right now is in the world of talking about extra wildcard weekends for extra content and eyeballs on games. That's right. Could you imagine the lottery draw – on a Tuesday in the bye weekend after the home and away season, <laughs> Eagles fans, North Melbourne fans, Hawthorne fans, watching to see which pick we get out of that. It's just an extra. It's an extra weekend of content. Would Gil draw out the balls? Gil, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Dillon. Dillon. Can we spice it up a little bit? Maybe get some X greats in.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine the names they try to get to read out the balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't love the idea of Americanizing everything, but I do think it's incumbent on us to continue to look to provide the best system. And yeah, West Coast being in front late in the game,
2: costing them potentially Harley Reid, who's been talked about every mm. all year, just didn't. It just didn't feel right. And then you see what happens in the last 48 hours and you have greats like Nathan Buckley putting on the radar yep.
0: like that. Yep, I like it. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Maddie Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's the 18 plus, drink responsibly. That's time for nuts and bolts.
2: Wanna go back to the Apple Alt Tasmania 2007-2008. So
1: just 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 to stop for one second. You're coming off the all-time nuts and bolts. With the,
2: the the jam and uh, jam and cream scones, yep. Which just I got a lot of feedback from. People enjoyed it. Mm. Had someone at the footy taking a selfie on the weekend. You know, you, we've spoken about selfies mm. as I'm preparing for a Seven News cross. Someone come up and asked me saying, "Love the nuts and bolts. Can we get a selfie?" And have you watched Goodwill Hunting yet? Perfect. So it's just taken off. Perfect. Uh, so I wanted to go back even further. This is 15, 16 years ago. 2007-8, Hugh Greenwood Jesus. is a young 15, 16-year-old playing for Tasmania in the National Championships. He loves his footy, he loves his basketball, and ultimately at that time, recruiters have him on their whiteboard. One of those individuals is Hamish Ogilvy, who's just been appointed recruiting officer for the Adelaide Crows, having had a previous stint working in state talent for Tasmania. So well across uh Hamish Ogilvy across what happens with talent down in Tassie. And he puts the name Hugh Greenwood on his whiteboard as one name to keep track of. At the end of that period, playing for under 16s Tassie, he decides to go down the basketball route, Hugh Greenwood. And in 2011, as a 18, 19 year old, signs to play college basketball for New Mexico in 2011. Now, Hamish Ogilvy in his role at the Crows is joined by David Noble, GM of list development and strategy. In 2013, Noble gets on a plane. Good timing with Mark Evans executives getting yep. on planes to head overseas and meets with a young Hugh Greenwood, twenty thirteen, who's then work, then playing for New Mexico, um, to try and convince him to come to the Crows as a category B rookie or to, to quit his basketball career because at this time it's really hot that kids out of alternative sports, you know, the Gaelic things red hot they get a different list basketball, spot, you get a different list spot.
1: So it almost feels like a free hit. Yeah. He decides which is,
2: smart by the AFL to do that, by the way. Yeah. Yep. He decides to stay uh, a couple of years go forward, Hugh Greenwood gives up on the overseas dream, comes back to Australia, and in 2015, signs in the NBL for the Perth Wildcats. Only is at the Wildcats for a matter of four to five weeks. And then 2015, September, he signs a deal with the Adelaide Crows, as a Category B rookie, hmm. where David Noble is the head of footy, and Hamish Ogilvy, who's been there since 2006 and still remains there as their chief recruiter, uh, is obviously head of recruiting. they yeah, played the long game. Played the long game and it came off. Plays Sandful in 2016. His first year for the Crows as an AFL player comes in 2017. 15 games later, he's playing in an AFL grand final. Incredible in story. 2018, he plays all 22 games for the Crows in the AFL side, pu- proving himself as a forward midfield emerging star in the competition. 2019 comes and the, st- the Crows list shape starts to move a little bit where they start to go a bit younger. The Gibbs thing hasn't quite worked. A few of their older guys are retiring out of the grand final side. Cameron's now at another club. Um... You know a few other things have, McGovern. have spun off McGovern. Yep. Um and then the Crows trading to Gold Coast at the end of 2019. what did they get for him? That's a good question. I'll sorry, question. Come that back nice. to that. Uh Suns 2020 through 2021, he's on a three-year deal at Gold Coast. Um, sorry, a four-year deal at Gold Coast at the end of 2022. But at the end of 2021, he's had a knee injury, fallen out of favor a little bit with Gold Coast, It's still very much in their long-term plans. They come to him under the new AFL list rules where you need to delist three players and pick up three players through the draft. Yep. And this time Gold Coast are very set on their list strategy that they were only going to take one pick in the national draft that season. So they go to Hugh Greenwood and say, we'll delist you from our senior list. This is the end of 2021. And we'll retake you in the draft as a, as a basically a a late pick in the seventies or eighties, essentially. But what that does is opens the door for all other clubs to then take him as a delisted free agent. David Noble's wife sees this story through the AFL website, gets on the phone to David. Who's now coaching North Melbourne. Who's now coaching North Melbourne. Sorry, I should have gone there. He's just had a a four-win season in his first season at Arden Street 2021. He's looking for instant success. Big bodies. Big bodies. Someone to come in and and drive that. Hugh Greenwoods gets delisted, still very much in the plans to get re-picked up by Gold Coast Suns. On November 11, he tweets, still on the primary list, still on the same contract, still medically cleared to play for the Suns, still at the Suns, still see everyone round one, happy to cop the old clickbait article and social enough if it meant assisting the club's overall list strategy. So if you remember at the time, everyone's questioning, why is this guy who's a part of their best 22 being delisted yep. when he's just going to get taken in the in the draft? But It was because of the Suns had to take three players as part of the, the national draft. He was one of them. David Noble's wife sees this, gets on the phone to David and says, should you consider this? They have a Zoom that weekend. The ball gets rolling. Hugh Greenwood, four days later, signs for North Melbourne.
1: Gold Coast, completely unaware.
2: Completely unaware with a year to run on his deal at Gold Coast, then gets a three-year deal at North Melbourne under David Noble. <sighs> it was it was weird at the time. It was. I actually, in hindsight, think it hasn't worked out too poorly for Gold Coast. One, because Hugh Greenwood hasn't dominated and, and made a fool of everyone at North Melbourne. He's been serviceable and been okay under David Noble and then, Clarko. but it actually opened up a year of his contract at Gold Coast. Wiped that off the books because North Melbourne took on his remaining season from his contract at Gold Coast.
1: And they started picking blokes that probably wouldn't have got picked ahead of him.
2: Yeah. And it allowed them to re-sign Ben King, Jack Lacocious at the time. Yes, they lost Rankin. The Bows deal happened. Yeah. But think about if they had have kept Hugh Greenwood on as an aging 29, 30-year-old midfielder. Their list and their salary cap might have been a little bit more of a tighter squeeze. So in – in hindsight, it actually probably wasn't the worst for Gold Coast. It was just a bit embarrassing how it all played out that they delisted him, planned to pick him up in the national draft, and it panned out like that. Yeah, and some pretty experienced heads going
1: at it as well. Because mm. like so Craig Cameron, longtime list manager, yeah, would have been the one pulling the strings at the Suns. And you've got David Noble, who, you know, did what you were talking about at Adelaide, helped build their list that ultimately played in the grand final then got poached over to Brisbane, helped do similar things. You know, one of the architects of getting some of those guys, like Charlie Cameron mm. from Adelaide and, you know, Lockie Neal over from Fremantle and all yeah. that. And, and then he goes to North. I didn't know the bit about his wife. That's quite funny. But yeah. Nobbs would have would have known all the ins and outs and the quirks of yeah. rules when it came, came to that. Because up until that point, we'd never really seen someone be, dis, be delisted for that reason. We see guys get delisted right at the end of their career mm. To get thrown on the rookie list like what you are talking about before.
2: Yeah, to save some money.
1: Yeah, but a guy who was in their best 25 yeah. comfortably that a year left on his deal and they've just sort of let him go and they've basically dropped him off at the corner and said, we'll be back in a couple of hours. Yeah, and yeah. that's a great way to put it. Someone else came along and
2: said, actually, we, we can give you a lift right now. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Hmm. Not quite your Lance Franklin nuts and bolts,
2: but it, it never was going to be, was it? No, we should have got some more detail on the New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Can I know what David Uh, Noble ate on the flight over or something? Yeah, and like where was he Where in Albuquerque was?
1: Yeah. Is Albuquerque, New Mexico? Is that right? I was just thinking Albuquerque. Sounds right. I hear Albuquerque and I just think Breaking Bad. I think it's New Mexico. Anyway,
2: we digest. We've got some voice messages. We digress, by the way, not digest. Just before we get to those, Hugh Greenwood traded from Adelaide to Gold Coast for a third round pick and a fourth round pick, two future picks. So not a great deal, really. got goes pretty well out of that then. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, our producer, Scotty, likes to keep us in the dark. Mm. Now about voice messages. Early days, we liked to pretend that we were in the dark, but we'd, in fact, listen to them quite a few times before we came on so that we could be really prepared, but sound like we are not too prepared, but then sound really smart because everyone thought we were unprepared. Now we're genuinely
2: unprepared. So you're giving up all our secrets? That's fine. Our listeners deserve it.
1: Hey, boys. Dylan here. First time, long time. Just quickly, I reckon you should name the voice message segment of the show Just Quickly. <laughs> and if people don't start their voice messages with Just Quickly, that um, Scotty, the producer, should just flip that one off and move on to the next one. Cheers. Oh, oh, that's it? Oh, amazing. That's great. Okay, so he's- so. Dylan, you, you've, we owe you a beer. You've just created the title of our voice message segment. It will now be known as Just Quickly, and everyone has to start their voice message with Just Quickly. Let's go to Ollie. Hey, boys. Just wondering if you can answer the question on the tip of everyone's tongue. What's going on in the Seven Newsroom? <laughs> Mitch must be stepping on some toes with some sharp heels. I've <laughs> seen Saw tonight. He's got the finger in every pie. He started reporting on the cricket. It's on the edge of everyone's lips as the dust settles. What's Tom Brown up to? <laughs> and where's Mitch Cleary going?
2: Oh, that's great. Copy it from you now, listeners. <laughs> answer the question. Answer well, I don't know what cricket he's talking about. Okay, neither do I.
1: What is going on? What's the latest?
2: Uh, still no movement. That can't be true. Honestly, there is no movement. It's mm. been parked to the end of the season. Have you started asking people that you trust for any advice contractually? No. That's a lie. Honestly, I haven't. I've had so much going on. I've just, you know what it's like. Every day is a new day. I, I don't know what it's like. I've never been wanted by a major network oh. as the chief football reporter. I don't know what it's like. You get a seven o'clock each night and you're already thinking, what does next day look like? So oh, you don't have it, any look time it, look to. It's like
1: a coach. He's like, we, we just think about the next week. We week just to take, week. We just take it one week at a time. Jeez, is that what I sound
2: like? God. No, you sound like this. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't want people to think this is going to happen as this big magical thing overnight. Oh, that's exactly what I hope it is. (laughs) It's a long time between now and round one, 2024. Tommy's still around. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. This is, this is, you become way too serious talking about this. (laughs) Like, I just don't care enough
1: and you're taking it so, it's, it's amazing. It keeps getting brought up. No, but you, but you're, you're talking about it like you're a coach. And a a player has already agreed to
2: leave, but (laughs) you still don't really want to talk about him leaving just because you want to be respectful on the way out. This is what what you sound like. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and listen to last week's pod, listen to this week and reassess.
1: Can I answer on behalf of you? Go. Um, Yeah, I've been looking forward to Tom going for a while. (laughs) He's finally confirmed that he is. Uh, I like his office better than mine. It's got a better view of the docklands. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing someone else in below me, but not someone too good, just so that I can shine most of the time and they can do all the things that I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope I get the gig pretty soon, and hope it comes with a big pay rise. Voiced and
2: authorised by Sam McClure. Thank you. Uh, what is on for the week? Um, Much planned. No more ninetieth birthday parties. No I've trimmed the front lawn. That's sorted for a week or two. You know how your sightings get sent to me pretty frequently. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what have I done? It was a real estate source.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so you know last week, a few weeks ago when you said you're looking at domain and you were checking out houses for me, were you there for another reason? I'm Mitchell. I'm always looking at the housing market. Always. What's it what's it doing at the moment? It's an interesting spot. There's not a lot. it's not a lot to stock. Interest rates are very high. Why did a mate of mine, through another mate, ask me <laughs> mate what was Sam saying? What was Sam doing? Checking out a house a few weeks ago. Uh, I check out many houses in, that... in in physic in person.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Right. Fair enough. It's good that privacy is no longer a thing. Apparently, when you go into a house inspection. Uh Yeah. No. There's a house that I'm interested in.
2: Oh, suburb. Um. Richmond. House. Townhouse. Apartment. It's a townhouse.
1: Right, and there's a forthcoming auction, and we shall see.
2: Oh, mm. are you gonna be doing the bidding yourself, or have you got a- what you think I'm gonna you bring someone else to do external bidding? That's a thing. Well, I'm not. I'm not you.
1: Like I'm not. You can you have know, a wise agent. <laughs> Is this what chief football reporters
2: do on TV now?
1: Just, I'm not going to bid on my own house. You do it for me, oh, sir. Well,
2: someone with the profile of you, I thought you might not want to be out. You know, seen out about bit like that.
1: No. What do you you mean? What
2: do you mean? I can't wait to get some eyes on that auction. Just to go through your process. You know what's going to happen. We sit here and critique list managers. People
1: are going to go through like auctions in Richmond on this day. (laughs) I'm not telling you what it is. I'll find out. Uh, I do this weekend though. I've got a Bucks party on Saturday. A Bucks party? Yeah. I haven't had one in ages and I'm a bit worried about it. Is it a pre-midday departure? Uh, It's golf starting at midday. Okay, pin the ears back, sort of territory. It's golf into an intermediary sort of venue, pub, right? Into dinner. Okay. And the person, are you on air someday? Yeah, no, I'll be. So it's home straight after dinner. Get in early and shop early. Early start, early finish. Uh, the person who is is uh, organising the bucks, Tim, big tradies listener. Okay, massive. And he, we went for a walk on Saturday. He said to me, "There are very few things I was put on this planet to do." And one of them was organised bucks parties. Oh, I love that. But I know Tim, and his bark is a lot <laughs> bigger than his bite. Oh, and so he's under the pump on Saturday. Because Tim, on, this is a warning. On paper, on paper, I'm worried. So it you know, it, it, it better give minibus. Well, I've heard nothing about transport. Mm. And there's there's three different venues, and I'm just saying it's a big field in the bucks party. There's more than twenty. Okay. I'm. I'm officially concerned, and he's going one out. I've organised bucks before with his three or four now make- Tim doesn't share responsibilities. Okay, he's a real sort of jump on my shoulders, Chris Judd, sort of operator, right? But he's just
2: not a good as pl- good a player as Juddie was. <laughs> 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 anyway, Tim's been warned. Look forward uh, to that next week. And you, can you please watch Goodwill Hunting with Kate yes. this week? When you're at the bucks, I'll be watching Goodwill Hunting.
1: No, you'll be working.
2: That's right. I'll watch the next stupid
1: day. segment. Something scoop Saturday scoop, <laughs> whatever it is when you. Don't break stories. Oh. All right, thanks for tuning in. If you like to ask us a question, uh, you can hit us up at Cleary underscore Mitch or via the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. Please remember, follow Tradies on Spotify or iHeart and you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. And remember, trade period. She's not far away. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.